2: And Tumblers,
1: that right now. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Pause the stream now before you get any further and smash that follow button for Atwood and Tunes and Tumblers wherever you stare at a screen pretending that you have friends. I'm your host, Anthony, and as we come up on Five Months in Quarantine, I'd like to be the first to congratulate myself for making it this far. Five months is probably the longest I've committed to anything, even against my will. I should probably celebrate with a new song and a craft shot to pair with that sonic goodness. We're also joined by Brooklyn artist Charles Rojas, who's here to commiserate about plans falling through with his poppy new single, Plans Fall Through. It's out on streaming Friday, but we've got it here first. Remember to stick around to the end of the show to hear that jam. I'm aware, as always, that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I have a couple of friends here to celebrate this five-month quar anniversary, and they are...
0: Ryan, your music connoisseur.
1: And Pedro, your mixologist. Thanks for joining me, guys. Five months. Well, I mean, almost five months. Um, I think the hammer came down March 18th here in L.A., so this celebration is a little bit premature. Did you guys think that come August we'd still be here shunning people and obsessively washing our hands? Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> it it seems almost surreal. I remember the the last night you and I hung out, Ryan, at the uh, restaurant a couple blocks from your place and just like oh, yeah. there were three people in there and everyone was like, oh, it can't get much worse than this. It can't. <laughs> Little did we know.
0: Yeah, they're not going to shut down the restaurants, are they? They can't do that. <laughs> remember the bartender saying
1: that. <laughs> the bartender's like, I hope I have a job in a week. wonder how he's doing. Uh... <laughs> well, let's try, let's try not he's to think about that fans. too much. All right. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea. But we have some business to get to before we chill out with some tunes. Let's take a look at what happened in music news this week. Last week, MTV announced the nominees for this year's Video Music Awards. The list saw big nods for TNT fave Billie Eilish along with The Weeknd, Eminem, Future, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, and more. But the real story here is how they're even planning to pull it off. The ceremony, due to take place on August 30th, will be conducted via a series of outdoor performances. In close consultation with state and local health officials... It became clear at this time that outdoor performances with limited or no audience would be more feasible and safer than an indoor event, MTV said in a statement. The VMAs will highlight the boroughs in an exciting show and return to Barclays Center in 2021. MTV will continue to work closely with the Department of Health, state and local officials, the medical community and key stakeholders to ensure the safety of all involved. So far, the list of outdoor performers includes pod-favorite superstars BTS, as well as J Balvin and Doja Cat, who said only a couple of weeks ago that she'd tested positive for COVID-19. If that's indeed true, it sounds like MTV might be missing the whole point of having an outdoor ceremony in the first place. <laughs> uh, Pedro, do you have something else for
3: us to, to, to look at? I do. Um, as you all know, Cardi B released a new track recently with Megan the stallion, uh, WAP big hit dropped. Everyone loved it, except that not everyone loved it. Um, especially the music video. A lot of people, um, criticized the video for including Kylie Jenner in it, uh, saying that she is a culture vulture and there's even a petition on change.org to take her out of the video. (laughs)
2: Uh,
3: (laughs) It's yeah, (laughs) like people are not happy about it. Um, I mean, a lot of people loved it, but not everybody. Um, it also include, The video also includes uh, Normani and Rosalia, but Kylie Jenner is the only person who's really garnered any sort of criticism. Um, and people are upset that Cardi B included her, but Cardi B has uh, spoken out about it, saying that, um, quote, not everything is about race, she says. And she goes on to explain that she put Kylie in the video because of how well she treated her family at a recent birthday party for Kylie's child. And that Travis Scott and Offset are close friends, and that Kris Jenner has given her a lot of good advice in the past. So she's basically going on to say that they're good friends, um, and that's why she's in the video. Um, So yeah, uh, it's a big hit, but um, (laughs) not without a few angry people.
1: We're never going to forgive Kylie for the Pepsi ad, are we? Okay, we shouldn't
3: forgive her for the peps yet. Though. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Anyway, Ryan, do you have anything to talk about?
0: Yeah, thanks. I'm going to do a continuation of the story I did last week about Spotify CEO Daniel Eck, who made comments at a music conference saying that artists can no longer just release music every three to four years to continue to be successful. Uh, this is a story from Brooklyn Vegan. Uh, These comments unsurprisingly upset a lot of people, including many musicians like David Crosby, who wrote on Twitter, you were obnoxious, greedy little shit, Daniel Eck, and R.A.M.'s Mike Mills, who tweeted, music equals product and must be churned out regularly, says billionaire Daniel Eck, concluding with, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Sebastian Bach of Skid Row said, when this guy puts out an album himself, I will listen to him tell me about my albums. The band Fucked Up were a little more tongue-in-cheek with their thoughts on Twitter, tweeting, quote, I'll never forget when my dad sat me on his knee and showed me his dusty old vinyl record collection. He pulled out Daniel X Q2 2020 Results LP. It was a magical (laughs) moment we shared and why I became a musician. Whenever I hear audio-first focus come on the radio, I think of my dad.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. Um, this is the story that keeps on giving, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. Lots of other great comments from other musicians in that, too. Worth looking into. A great one from Zola Jesus that's a little more sober and uh, and grounded in regard to it. But, yes, as they say, this story is constantly developing.
1: <laughs> Stay on well, it, we'll Ryan. See what's, we'll see what Spotify does. And... Um, I'm going to put my hat in the ring right now and say that uh, they're probably going to dig their feet in because they're Spotify. Also, please don't take us off Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to move on from all this news. What's on the stereo for us today, Ryan?
0: We are listening to a song called AUATC, or Ate Up All Their Cake, the latest single from Boney Vare a capitalism-critical experimental pop piece that features an impressive variety of collaborators, including guest vocals from Bruce Springsteen and Jenny Lewis.
1: Wow, you know, fun fact, I listened to this track about 10 times when you first suggested it because I didn't realize I'd hit the repeat button and I thought it was just this really, really long, repetitive song. And after 20 minutes, I'm like, is this still going?
3: (laughs) (laughs) The same thing happened to me and then I realized how short the song actually is
1: hmm <laughs> Also, that, hook, that piano hook is so infectious. I can just like listen to him go up and down and up and down. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm in it.
0: That probably is a good thing, right? The fact that you were able to hear it 10 times without really questioning what was going on. Yeah, exactly.
1: You... The, the only side effect is that I've had it stuck in my head for the past three days. And now <laughs> anytime someone's like, hey, Anthony,
3: what you thinking about? Like... <laughs> Do you just start singing at them like a yeah. fucking weirdo?
1: <laughs> were you up all night? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is this is how serious we take our job as podcast pod, blah, blah, blah. wow podcasters. Um we listen to songs multiple, multiple times over while we sleep. So when we wake up <laughs> we're ready to review and chat. We're doing what <laughs> Kevin Parker did for the new Tame and Paula album, which was he listened to a riff that he made on loop while he slept. So that he could come up with a great melody the next day.
3: We sacrifice our own sanity for you guys.
0: We're just like Kevin Parker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's essentially that episode of Dexter's Lab where he listens to the French CD overnight and all he can say is omelette <laughs> du fromage when he wakes formage. up. Oh my gosh. Wow.
0: <laughs> what <a> up, <pull>. Hole? <laughs>
1: Oh man, we should probably keep going. Uh, Pedro, you got something <laughs> for us to drink today, and I'm and going to throw out a guess right now and say there's some cake flavored vodka in there. Am I correct?
3: Close, but still wrong. Um, this this shot actually is. I didn't make it myself. I didn't create it myself. It's like a classic shot that I've had before, um, and it like there there's there's no better shot to go with this song. It's uh, just a chocolate cake shot. Um have you guys ever had this before?
0: No. Oh my mm. god.
3: Okay. So the first time I had this was at like a New Year's party when I was younger. Um and it's it's hazelnut liqueur vodka. Um and you can use flavored vodka if you want, Anthony, you can use cake vodka, you can use vanilla vodka, but you can also just use regular vodka if you want. Um so it's vodka, hazelnut liqueur, and then you take a lemon wedge coated in sugar and you bite on that after you take the shot and it tastes just like cake, like it. It blew my mind. It's so insanely close to tasting like actual chocolate cake. So, um, yeah, I I figured this shot's perfect to go with a song about eating up all the cake.
1: All right, let's uh, let's get started, everyone. Cheers,
0: cheers, cheers,
1: cheers. Woo! So, uh, bon Iver. Um, we got dangerously close to talking about Bon Iver only a couple weeks ago because Justin Vernon had a spot on Taylor Swift's exile from mm-hmm. Folklore. And mm-hmm. I-, I think we didn't really get around to that, but um, I think that he was kind of like the perfect collaborator for the type of atmosphere that uh, Taylor Swift was going for, like evoking that kind of like cabin in the woods, cold of winter Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Which is, mm-hmm. you know, where Justin Vernon kind of incepted the band Bon Iver in the first place. Um, I actually didn't listen to a whole lot of Bon Iver in my history. I would put on for Emma forever ago when I was very, very sad, which is, you know, <laughs> quite often now in quarantine. But besides that, I hadn't really gotten into uh, Vernon's new stuff. What about you guys? What's your history with Bon Iver?
0: Mm, mostly listening to that song, The Woods. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that For Emma Forever Ago EP, uh, Skinny Love.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was kind of hard to avoid at one point in time. Um, and I've kind of kept up with what he's doing over the years, and it's always, it's always interesting. It's always worth hearing. Um, yeah, The Woods was really a, a great one for me, and I think a lot of people got turned onto him when Kanye sampled it.
2: Hmm. Oh, where
1: was that sample from? Do you know off well, the top of your head?
0: The yeah, Lost in the World was the Kanye song, mm-hmm. and he he like uh, kind of shifted the change. The song was basically I'm I'm lost in the woods, and he changed mm-hmm. it to I'm lost in the world. Yeah. Um, like had somebody re-record it and changed it to that, and it worked pretty well. So I think. uh, say,
1: Yeah, say what you want about Kanye, but he uses samples better than almost any artist. And I will, you know. I will go to bat for him for that at least.
0: Yeah, very creative, um, interesting uses of sampling for sure.
3: What about you,
1: Pedro? What's your history with Bonavere?
3: Uh, same. I The first song I heard was uh, In the Woods, or Woods, I think, whichever it's called. Um, but that's the same song I heard, and it's just uh, that song was. It, it just, I mean, it's such a beautiful song. It's all just vocals. Um, mm hmm. And I loved it, like I was obsessed with it. I listened to it on repeat a lot. um and I was also pretty into i liked for emma, I was also really into like Rosalind and Skinny Love and um Holocene. yeah, um remember R- Rosalind was in like the Twilight movie, like one of the Twilight movies um and
1: those those y- movies, as much as i they're incredibly problematic have really the, good the soundtracks. soundtracks are
3: amazing they <laughs> <Yeah>. are
1: <laughs> like that's it's just when i go on spotify and i see like the top song and i see like the little new moon
3: uh logo i'm like oh wait you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no um i hadn't i listened to the soundtracks before i knew anything really about the movies um the soundtracks are amazing uh say what you want about the films they picked great music for them um, Alex
0: Patzava's is, is the one to uh, dude, one to thank for that.
3: Amazing work, um, but yeah, that's sort of my history with Bonnie. Iver, just sort of hearing his. Uh, I mean, I think the woods is still my favorite of of his songs. Like just it, I, I I still love hearing that song.
2: I yeah. like
0: the I like the woods is a good one to mention because that was um, a really to me powerful use of autotune, You know, mm. a really creative use of that, yeah. and this song kind of does that too. To the point where I didn't even recognize his, like Justin's voice on this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw the headline for this, it was the kind of thing where I, the music I heard at first listen didn't relate to the text description at all. Like, I thought, did someone upload the wrong file? I was like, this doesn't sound like Justin. And it's like, I don't, I don't hear Bruce in this, you know, like Bruce mm-hmm. Springsteen is in this track somewhere. And it like, <laughs> it took me quite a few listens with headphones to figure it out. Um, but, i still brilliant, and it's like he sort of begs you to kind of deconstruct what he's doing and listen and pick everything out and analyze it. Um, so.
1: so what you're saying is that you got to do what we did and just hit the repeat button and chill out for half an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit more active listening, but yes, for sure.
1: <laughs> you got to at least let it
3: soak into your subconscious.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I do think this is a song that really rewards replay. I think the more mm-hmm. that I listen to it, the more I pick up on the intention because these lyrics are very cryptic, but in a statement he was saying that they all relate to disparities, marginalization, and oppression caused by capitalism, mm-hmm. and specifically how the global pandemic has magnified these issues. Um, <laughs> it's it's very timely, and... uh. I think, like at least from what I've been seeing, income inequality during COVID isn't exactly more pronounced than it was before, but I think that it's, the, the pandemic has shown a light on the problem. Like It's impossible to ignore now that a lot of people are out of work, a lot of people have their income streams cut off, and people like Jeff Bezos are making record profits at the expense of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you guys like to see come out of this crisis that help address this? Or that helps address this, if anything,
0: I'd like to maybe see a shift in this country prioritizing um people over over profit. I know that's so basic and not that um not that unique of an observation um, but on a basic level, that would be appealing. This is not really something that would directly necessarily help help me, but i was um I was walking by a golf course the other day, and I think I'd like. It seemed like just such a colossal waste of space and resources. So basically, I'd like to see golf courses abolished and repurposed immediately. Mm. Incredible waste of water them all into and public space. Parks at the... Yeah. Yeah. Like um, total waste, total disgrace. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's what I'd like to see. <laughs> Not number <laughs> yeah. one on the list, but I was just thinking that the other day. Um oh. But yeah, there's so many there's so many people who've become homeless with you know the rent moratoriums going out, and um, we're definitely you know (laughs) there's a finite number of resources on this earth, and so it just seems uh, hard to look at something like that.
3: Well, you just said like that, you know, you you said it's a very basic, um, you know, uh, observation. You know, prioritizing people over profits and all that stuff. But I think that's sort of the that's probably the root of like all the problems, right? So I think that's probably the biggest issue is just to do that. And I think you're you're right in in observing that.
1: Yeah. And I don't think we get here by accident either. Like you don't become a billionaire when you have at least a little bit in your mind that people are worth more than profits. You get there by directly exploiting your workers. Like there's a mm-hmm. point where you make that decision and then the problem snowballs because you have a bunch of people in power that have your back, so to speak. Um, and <laughs> I, I kind of feel like this conversation is getting away from us because I do want to talk about Bon Iver too. This is just like something that I think like drives a lot of my mental conversation with myself over the course of this. Um, it's hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think artists like uh, Justin Vernon um, are recognizing that, and it's kind of getting into uh their art like this is this is the second song he's done since p- the pandemic. the other one was mm-hmm. p d l i f which is uh please don't live in fear um and he did that at april in April, so pandemic was very new. People had like this kind of like john lennon's imagine <laughs> uh kind of opinion about how things were going like oh we just need to to come together like <laughs> themes of unity and hope, but I think like now kind of devolved into like frustration and anger. Um, Have you guys been seeing that at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And that, and you saw that with that, with the incredibly negative response to the Gal Gadot video. I think that's what you were alluding to Anthony, where she basically got a whole roster of celebrities to sing that song. And you know um, the fact that the response was just so hostile to that, I think showed that people are kind of just tired of being told by people in castles just to stay home and imagine and dream, um, not to hate on that song or anything. Obviously it's a beautiful message, but, um, yeah, I think people are like, imagine what I'm getting killed out here every day. Um, (laughs) you know, and so, um, and this, so this song to me to go back to this song, I, you know, it, I liked, I think, you know, you would, you would talked about protest music and when we were, you know, in the notes. And I think what this, what this, what it was interesting about this was obviously there's a lot to chew on with the lyrics and they, you know, it begs some analysis for sure. But I, the fact that he included all these links to donate to organizations, I thought, um, was positive. I liked that. And I think the effectiveness of something like this, like a political song, um, comes from how it, how the message or the release of it translates into direct action, Mm -hmm. and so if you can if you can cause that with music, whether it's through including the links or making references to something or causing people to reflect, I think that can be effective. Um, Right. Yeah.
1: I I think that that's important because one of the big problems I always have with protest music is that it often doesn't translate to direct action. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking a lot about like songs from the early 2000s that would call out Bush, but it's like, yeah, we we know, like we, we're all on the same page here. We're not for this war. Um, or, you know, if we go even earlier, like it's a very, uh, unpopular opinion to have. So getting people to rally around a message in music, it kind of, um, it's hard to translate that without calling for direct action. And I think Justin Vernon was on the right track when he did that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also thinking about protest music from the 60s and 70s um, as uh, relating to the Vietnam War. I think mm-hmm. about, you know, of course, uh, Fortunate Son, a song that a lot of people miss the point of, but also like Ohio by Crosby, Stills and Nash. And I think, like, these songs were so important. Do you think we have any of that today? Any songs that people will look back on and be like, this song was very important for this moment?
0: It was interesting. I was revisiting some of the writings of Grail Marcus in reading about this, and he did um, an interesting thing in 2018 about protest music, and he looked at this track um, by an artist called Algiers. Very, like, Mm -hmm. overtly political, left-leaning band. And he kind of analyze the song Cleveland that they have. I don't know if you guys have heard that one, but um, in the end. We'll drop a
1: link he, in, the, in, the, in the episode description.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Um, where he's kind of talking about, he's making references to various events that had happened, and at one point in the song, he just lists names of people who've been killed by police, some of which a lot of us know, some of which you don't. Mm -hmm. and I think um, he was pointing out how interesting it'll be for somebody in 20 years to rediscover that and connect with that in a different way and um, if a song can do that to somebody like touch somebody in the future or make them re-examine something I think that shows the power of it and I think something like that where you look back and go oh yeah who were those people who was you know Sandra Bland who was Alfred Wright Um, I think something like that might be long lasting. But it's yeah. so hard to know. It's so hard to know what resonates or what, you know, what history will do.
3: There's also like so much more music now, right? And it's it's hard to like get behind any one uh singular message or song. Whereas like, you know, uh during the war and all that stuff, like the Vietnam War, there was probably less that people were hearing um on a big scale. So yeah. it was sort Radio of DJs like ev- had much more power. Right, so everyone was getting sort of the same message, um, so it's a little it's a little harder now
1: yeah there's a there's a story I want to tell, but i I want to just touch on what you said pedro i I think like we do have um kind of cultural touchstones. The one that immediately comes to mind is um this is America. like I think that that one oh, yeah. in particular yeah. is going to like we're going to look back and be like, yes, America in the late 2010s that was. Yeah, it it was that song, but mm-hmm. I I completely agree. Otherwise, like there is so much music all the time. All of our conversations every Friday, where we're deciding what to talk about for the week, are just like, what about this? What about this? What about yeah. this? Because there's so much, <laughs> right? Um, but I want to get back to what you said, Ryan, about discovering songs that kind of like have a very temporal um state of being. Like you know, listing songs, and the thing that immediately came to mind is punk rock. I had a conversation about 10 years ago with uh, one of the guys who started the occupy movement and he was very into um like social punk rock. He introduced me to Propagandi and we had like huge arguments because like my whole thing with punk rock at the time was pop punk. I was into pop punk and skate punk and it was very apolitical except for Green Day's American Idiot. And he was kind of like opening up this idea that like real punk is about action and it's about bringing um focus on issues that you might not have heard about before. And um, I think that the one band that kind of married those two things, like the pop aspect and the action aspect, and you might laugh, it was Rise Against for me at that time. Mm -hmm. Specifically, one song comes to mind. It's called uh, um, Make It Stop, September's Children. And this was 2011, I want to say. And the whole point of the song was calling attention to teen suicides because um like they they were queer and uh bullied and during the bridge of the song he just lists names of kids who have killed themselves along with their age and this was on mainstream radio Mm -hmm. and i was just like and i went back and i revisited it the other day and i'm just like wow like number one um you know we've come a long way sent in only 10 years first of all And number two, like these people are immortalized now. Like this whole issue is immortalized. Something that was a blip in time is now something that we can look at as a historical moment.
0: And it's something that will, is probably still a problem just with, um, you know, trans death and suicides are obviously those numbers are huge now. So in some ways the problem hasn't fully gone away. So, um, yeah, that's, that is a, that is a powerful... The fact that it was on mainstream radio is interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me think of Rage Against the Machine a little bit, too, through all this. And that's mm-hmm. a band that people always bring up as like, you know, Rage Against the Machine, they are the machine, <laughs> you know, um, and the ineffectiveness of oh, because people of bought their music. P- <laughs> that they're functioning within a capitalist system and making money for Sony Epic Records or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're releasing music within this capitalist system. And that's what... And I thought it was interesting that Bon Iver acknowledged that in the statement with the release of the song. You know, he said that we acknowledge our own position within the use of capitalistic practices right. and is with recognition of our privilege that we're fully committed to using our unique platform to challenge and change capitalism within our industry and far beyond. You know, Tom Morello, I remember with Rage, would say, a guitarist of Rage Against the Machine, he saw getting signed to a major label as like an opportunity for public broadcast. And he had said, mm. you know, it's great to play abandoned squats run by anarchists, but it's also great to be able to reach people with a revolutionary message, people from Granada Hills to Stugat. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it is possible to make change. And if you can cause somebody to look into some event or radicalize someone, you know, in the suburbs, I think that's something. And people it who is. say they're like a failure. Or, like, you know, we should just write them off because they were on a major label, I think, is a little, I don't know, a little, little silly, little silly to me. Yeah. Um,
1: because it's like it's against, that, the,
3: it's against the point entirely.
1: Right. It's that comic that has been passed around for a couple of years where the surf is collecting sticks and there's the lord in the castle and he's like, we should change society. And there's a guy who's listening who's like, and yet you participate in society. How very yeah. interesting! I am very smart.
0: <laughs> Those are always. That's the same person who says, "Hmm, this uh, Democratic socialist tweeted this from an iPhone, which would not have been possible to make without capitalism." Which Commenting some from of their the key iPhone. Parts of the iPhone were created through you know government fundings, so it's just right. always ridiculous. Um. But yeah, I, I thought of a pretty obscure one. We should link to this one too. But I also thought about protest music in regard to like uh, animal welfare issues. I thought about The Smiths' "Meat Is Murder," and um, oh yeah, and uh, that turned into a slogan and probably created a whole generation of people. And in fifty years, when we, I imagine meat will be kind of on the decline. We'll look back and go, "Wow," you know. I think certain certain songs will will get more credit further down the line. Um, mm-hmm. There's an early Human League song called Being Boiled that's protesting um, the making of silk, of uh, boiling silkworms to make silk. Oh, damn. And um, it's, it's like, you know, something you might not have thought about maybe, and if, but it can also be an interesting song and the message isn't too obscured. I think that can be effective too, especially for a curious listener. And... In the age of genius, I think you're able to to, kind of know that people will look there to f- try and look at the meaning of a song. So it's a good time to yeah, be releasing music, I think, political music.
1: Um, so we're kind of running out of time here, guys, but I want to play a fun little game before we go um like you mentioned earlier ryan this is a big team up of artists um bruce springsteen jenny lewis jen wasner and elsa jensen all had guest vocals on this track so i'm gonna ask you guys if you could make your own super group who would be in it
3: (laughs) oh man
0: henry rollins on vocals um but mostly just talking about his experiences at trader joe's from his spoken word uh, set. <laughs> I would have Weird Al Yankovic doing the rhythm um, with his accordion plugged into a KEH DK Dark Blood Distortion pedal. So it oh sounds my. like early synth punk. <laughs> um, I would throw in um, Getty Lee of Rush for no real reason at all. Um, <laughs> and I would probably want Mike Patton from Faith No More just to do Animal Noises much like, you know, like Jay Leno would guest on South Park and do like voices of chickens and stuff. I would just have him doing noises in the back, doing like foliage. And then probably Flavor Flav's got to be in there. You need the hype. You need the hype for the super group. And he still brings the hype, brings the noise. Oh my God. That's my group. It's called. <laughs> it doesn't have a name yet. Snaps. <laughs>
1: Snaps for that. <laughs> If uh, whoever's listening, if you can get in touch with Henry Rollins, Weird Al Yankovic, um, everyone mentioned Flava Flav, please, 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 we need to make this happen. The world <laughs> needs this. The world needs to know what goes on at Trader Joe's. <laughs> Pedro, do you want to top that one or should
2: we oh, just let man, that sit? Oh,
3: man, I can try, but I don't think it will. Um, Let's see. Who would I want in a super group? Um, I'll take uh, to fill out most of the band. I'll take Sadie Killer and the Suspects from Steven Universe, um, but joining her on vocals, I want Powerline from a Goofy movie. Yes, um, so having an all
0: cartoon like virtual <laughs> band.
3: You, you that's what you say now. But I also want to include Vincent Price so that he can do like spoken word shit in the middle of every song. Um,
1: I'm I, I like it. Let's see, mine is not going to be as as interesting. Um. I think, like it would be for me, Claro on vocals, um, Harry Styles doing lead guitar, and then Olive Wallows just like filling out the rest of the band. And it's purely for um, Gen Zers who say that they're indie, but they're really not.
3: <laughs> Are Gen Zers calling Harry Styles indie?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's mentioned in the same breath as those God, other two.
0: What does that word even mean anymore? I it know. is such a meaningless word. It Good is word.
3: but also he's not the first person I think of when I hear that word.
1: Yeah. It's I different just, for it's people no,
3: who are ten years
1: younger than us. That's fair. It's
0: enough to make your head spin. Um but that brute that group actually sounds probable. Like that I could <laughs> see that happening. Like that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that, if that collaboration happened, like, next week over a Zoom feed.
1: <laughs> if it does, we're taking
3: credit for it now.
0: Yeah. You heard credit it, here, it first. here
3: first. We want the residuals.
0: <laughs> yeah, all those.
3: <laughs> all those sweet, sweet Spotify streams.
0: Yeah, baby. 0. 0.02 cents a stream.
1: Ow! <laughs> oh, my God. Is it down to 0.02? Not
0: something like that. Maybe it's 0.03, but
3: <laughs> 0.03 and a half-eaten turkey sandwich <laughs>
1: Firefest <laughs> <laughs> Well <laughs> I think we've just about used all the time we can for today uh, before we go, any lingering thoughts about Bonavere, about capitalism, about
0: supergroups?: You can always, if you want to hear more music related to uh political music, or protest bands, you can revisit our episode on The Clash's London Calling. Lots of protest music there, and that's a great one to revisit mm, in these times. That's true.
1: Our last guest before we had to shut our doors.
3: Oh, that's totally true. <laughs> yep. Wow. By the way, has anyone checked on Gerald Highwater? Uh,
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll send Drew to... to to figure out if he's still living. But um, any plugs for this week, gents?
0: Check out the occurrence 8 to 10 p.m. every Saturday on kcsb.org.
1: Songs of the Occult. It's (laughs) a really good way to uh, just feed into your paranoia in quarantine. Some
0: some good escapist fun, for sure.
1: There you go. For me, still working on my project with Devin Henry. Uh, It's called I Hope This Finds You Well. Letters Night. about dealing with uh, issues during COVID nineteen. We're on our second week now, so go over there and check it out. Thank you all for listening to Toons and Tumblers. Toons and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. Toons and Tumblers was produced as always by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And like we promised, we have an exclusive premiere for you lovelies today. In 2020, we've all learned the hard way that plans fall through. But Charles Rojas is here with the perfect tune to remind us that that can be a good thing. It's his first pop song, and we're thrilled to premiere it here on Tunes and Tumblers. Fam, please join me in toasting Charles Rojas and his track, Plans Fall Through. Cheers. Yeah.
4: Cheers. Cheers. Hi. This is Charles Rojas. I'm really excited to be sharing my brand new song, Plans Fall Through With You, here on Tunes and Tumblers. The song is an ode to staying at home with that special someone when you suddenly can't go out. It was written before the pandemic, while I was thinking of this big choreographed dance video and whole release strategy. Then when COVID hit, I shelved the release because I couldn't let go of that plan. Luckily, it dawned on me that the best thing I could do to stay true to the meaning was... Just forget the plan and put it out. As for drinks, I recommend pairing it with a glass of Chardonnay, as stated in the second verse. Or I have also been very into frozen margaritas lately as a way to beat the summer heat. Whatever your choice, I hope this song gives you a new reason to celebrate staying at home. This is Plans Fall Through. We got busy lives, working different schedules, trying to make plans for two. There's a limited time we can spend together. I want to spend on you. So when the day is done and we get home, I know that we're supposed to go out on the canta cuando estamos solitos sintiendo contacto pie con pie. no I trying to alienate other people I just love